Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John Ronaldo. John, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm excellent. Uh, summer is going well so far, and I'm just excited about, uh, just to get right into it, I'm really excited about this particular topic because I think it's a topic that is uh, overlooked and not talked about a lot. So, so I'm excited to, today. Well, you know what? For those non-banter fans, let's just jump into it. Let's just talk about let's let's create a good culture here and and go for it. Um, and that's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about staff cultures, and not necessarily like what we've talked about before of conflict or um, management. Although those things do bleed into this, but it's more of like creating a healthy uh, collaborative culture where people are, uh, you know, uh, are. Are, are not just working together, but growing together well. And um, I, I know we've mentioned it a little bit time, uh, especially with our previous experiences in this, but John, why don't you explain to people like why this is a topic that that's so true to your heart. Um, and and uh, you're the one that brought it to me, not that I don't want to talk about, it, but you're the one that brought it to me and uh, it seems like it's definitely relevant. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, for me, what, this really came from this idea of, of the work that we're doing with Parish Success Group. And when we go into parishes and do coaching and consulting, um, you know, we, we end up talking about all these things that they want to do, right? We, we kind of help them create some pastoral plans and some goals about how we can move forward uh, as a parish, as an organization. And, and oftentimes what comes out in these parish consultations and these parish coaching relationships is the idea to evangelize, uh, to be missionary disciples, right? All the language that we've been using um, uh, to reach out. To a lot of parishes want to reach out to young families, um, which is great. And we highly encourage that, you know? And so we start working on that. But the reality is where we often find ourselves starting is we as staff need to model, need to be the community that we want to attract. What do I mean by that? It's like, we want, we want parents to be intentional disciples to their kids. We want people to volunteer and be heavily involved in liturgy and youth ministry and children's ministry and all these different things. Um, but as staff, are we modeling what it is that we want to be? Yeah. So, no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and and I, I think back to the fact and this is, you know, one of my pet peeves. It's something that I've talked about before where, um, you know, people who worship where they work, right? Is that a value that we have? And, and not that we're going to get on that topic, but it's kind of like if I'm going to a church, um, I want to be able to connect first with the pastor. That's who I'm thinking of first, right? Is I want to be able to connect with the priest, whoever's um, leading the liturgy or even leading the church. But when you start to get more familiar with the rest of the staff, right, I want to, there, there are going to be avenues and opportunities where you're not interacting with the priest, which I, you know, I think everyone's okay. Right. If I'm sending my kids to the children's program, am I connecting with the DRE? If I'm sending my teens to the youth ministry, do I like the youth minister? If I'm, you know, getting involved in these different, uh, uh, you know, aspects, if I'm planning a funeral, if a loved one dies, am I going to connect with the, the director of liturgy or the parish secretary, or am I going to get kind of stonewalled by them? Now, that that's something that is going to go through a parishioner's mind. Um, and the way that you can, uh, you know, take down that fear or resolve that anxiety or however you want to phrase it is by, um, 
is by making sure that you have a happy, happy and healthy staff culture. And you know, an organization that definitely comes to mind for me is Southwest, because um, you know I remember the uh, couple times that I've been able to like meet Patrick Lencioni. He talks about Southwest as one of their values is um, you know customer satisfaction because they know if customers are happy, their staff's going to be happy, and vice versa. If their staff's going to be happy, so are their customers. And I think it was the same thing with us as a church. If we have a healthy staff culture. We'll have healthy parishioners and healthy parishioners will then feed back into that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and to be clear, you're talking about Southwest Airlines. Uh, you just said Southwest. Oh, yeah. I'm like Southwest, Southwest Airlines. So absolutely. I've, I've heard Southwest Airlines in the, in the business corporate, corporate world is, is always been touted as, as an organization that has these great cultures. So when we come into these parishes and we start talking about what we want to do, we inevitably move to the conversation of the but who are we currently, right? And starting with the staff, who are we currently? And one of the one of the lines that we say often, and we say it often because it's true, um, is is we spend so much time we pray in the presence of each other, but we don't really pray with each other. We go to Eucharist, but we don't become Eucharist as staff, and that's that's we find ourselves spending some time working on staff culture um, when we work with parishes. And inevitably, that, that's, all, that's where we begin. You know, and, and one of the ways that we know that this is true is we'll ask the question, you know, it's like, how many of you know each other's story, right? Now we're just talking about staff, right? You know, how many of you know that, you know, why the youth minister or why the pastor is involved in the ministry? Why are they here? Because we're crazy, right? We ministers are crazy people. Like we, we feel called to this in some way, shape or form. What is it? What was that experience? What was that conversion moment that we had as an individual that brought us into the ministry that we are in today? Can you honestly go around the room as a staff and, and, and know each other's story? Yeah. You, you know, this is her story. This is her, that the majority of the time, we hear, no, I don't know that story. And that's where we often want to begin, Chris, is we want to begin in creating a culture of prayer in the parish, in the, in the staff, that's not just about, you know, let's pray together and do, you know, liturgy of the hours or something like that, but has an intentional reflection piece as a part of it where we can ask questions, where we can hear each other's story. We've talked a lot about story on this podcast and that we can be vulnerable with each other. You know, and I think that's a key to this is that vulnerability that we create in sharing our stories. Now, I agree with you, um, but I can imagine some people pushing back a little bit, right? Some people being like, all right, you know, John, um, that seems a little too touchy-feely for me, a little too much uh, kumbaya and everything. And uh, so I think there's a lot to think about right there. So what do you have to say about that, John? Yeah, I think we do get pushback, but we constantly go back to who we're called to be as a community. And this is why a lot of what we do with Paris Success Group starts with what the church has been telling us to do. We often start with the documents and, and focus there because we know if we can root everybody into the same foundation and, and we we talk about the documents is, is the foundation that we go into and you know everything from evangelization the modern world the national directory catechesis i mean we, we go everywhere with that 
if we root people in that, then we can kind of go back to that because then what we'll say is like, so you're telling me that you want to bring people into a relationship with Christ, but you don't want to be in relationship with your staff in the same way that you want parishioners to be in relationship with the church and Christ, right? And, and, and sometimes we'll have to be that blunt. And, and we often tell people in our, in our coaching relationships, like, look, I'm not here to be your best friend and be nice to you. Sometimes we just need to tell you the truth and, and speak truth to power here a little bit. Um, but that's part of what we do is challenge people. And, and this is one of the first challenges that we run into is like, it's not kumbaya-ish. It's not touchy-feeling. It is who we're called to be. When we break bread together, we are authentically being ourselves uh, and sharing our stories. Um, and it's the whole idea of going back to this idea of being a witness. We are called to be witnesses, not teachers. We are called to be witnesses of the faith. And so let's start in what should be the safe environment to start within the culture of the staff. Because I think that I, I, when we start to do that intentionally and create plans within the staff meetings, within the pastoral councils and the finance council, which we, we have this conversation with them as well because they're key leaders, we will start to see transformation in the parish already from there. Uh, and that's why we always start there. And so what we do is we often start encouraging them, helping them create a plan is like, how do we build up our opportunity to pray, not just in the presence of each other, but truly with each other and to model the reflection opportunities that come with prayer. And we'll do it at staff meeting, we'll do it at the pastoral council, we'll do it at the finance council, if they have a liturgical council, if they have a school advisory board, if they have a Catholic school. We want all the key leadership doing it first because if the key leadership is not doing it, how can we expect our parishioners in the pews to be doing it? That's really the question for us. And that's why we often find ourselves starting there. We, we have to model what we want people to become. I, I agree hundred percent. I, I agree. If you don't have community on staff then you can't expect community through the rest of the church. And again, we're not, we're not saying like you have to be best friends and with one another and that this is who you do Friday night with or Saturday night with. Although I know some churches who do that and that's great. Um, and sometimes that, you know, that can be a little too much. I, I, I can, I can feel my wife's glare with her HR background being like, you know, you should get along with your coworkers, but you know, TMI, TMI, TMI. And, 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 you know, I think we both agree there is that healthy balance, but in a church culture, you do need to be personal, know each other's stories. You do need to pray together and not just like you said, liturgy of the hours or um, doing a, a decade of the Hail Mary, you know, uh, of the rosary, although those are great prayers and you sh can do them and, and probably should in some occasions, but really like, what are the petitions that you're offering up? You know, like, what are you praying for? And that was something at my last parish that was of a real value on Tuesdays during our staff prayer, we would offer up petitions, you know, and sometimes it was for our ministries. Sometimes it was for our families. Sometimes it was for something that uh, was just near and dear to our heart. And it was a way of getting to know each other's personalities. So I think that's definitely one way that you grow community is through that. I think another way that you establish a good culture is by creating a system of collaboration, right? So, you know, um, I think churches struggle, one, to have that top-down sort of structure or hierarchy. Um, and I know people don't like it when I use those terms, but like management, right? So that the pastor doesn't have 20 people reporting to just him, right? Um, so there's that 
<clears throat> one uh, way of looking at the staff. And I think that's important to have that there. And the reason why people reject that is because they don't know how the next part, which is the collaboration is gonna happen, right? Um, and that's where you have to look at, okay, even though something like the parish website falls in the operations department or development department, that you can have uh, people from formation, from liturgy, from outreach as a part of the team that you know evaluates it or plans it. And they're there to serve the IT director or the operations guy or whoever is running the website. Um, it's the same thing with projects for outreach, right? If you wanna be intergenerational, uh, it lives in the Department of Outreach or the Outreach Director or Coordinator's job title, but he or she can rely on a group of other people from other parts of the parish staff, not just the parish, but parish staff, to say this would work because it really reaches young adults, or this might not work because um, we're doing a push for, uh, for the parish mission or something different along those lines. So I think it's uh, really important to figure out a structure for these collaborative teams. Um, and the way that I've seen it done well, and I'd be interested in your thoughts, John, is you uh, find out where these different projects live, what departments they live in, or areas of ministry, and whoever is in that uh, department owns it, and then you build a team of men and women from your staff or even parish council who can speak uh, truth or wisdom, not just from their job position, but from their skill set as well. Like the uh, communications director might be so creative and really good at coming up with outside the box ideas. So you want her or him a part of your team. Uh, so yeah, creating a structure for what those collaborative teams look like and how you do projects when it comes to ministry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, what we're really talking about is is breaking down that silo mentality that we have, mm -hmm. right? And that you know, the children's ministry just deals with children's ministry folks and the youth ministry just with youth ministry and the liturgical ministry just with the liturgical and the business manager just deals with the business stuff. And, and that's why we start with the prayer piece because it's when we start to have those open uh, relationships and vulnerabilities and sharing uh, reflection with each other that it starts to, it starts to automatically do some of that, right? Now, what you're talking about, Chris, is being more intentional about it. And I agree, that's where it needs to be. You know, um, Look, I, I know I'm an extrovert and, and one of the things that I've always done is I've just connected with everybody. I mean, that is, that's just who I am. So it, it's hard for me to just say, hey, you should be going doing the same thing. But right. really, we should be going doing the same thing in, in your own unique way. Chris, you're going to do it differently than I'm going to do. But, but I, I tell you, you know, um, I have gotten more done in my ministry because of the relationships I had with other key people on staff and other key volunteers in different ministries of the parish. Uh, you know, and, and that includes, for instance, oftentimes the maintenance staff, janitorial staff is not included in a lot of the things that we do as staff. I think that's wrong. Um, I think they should be included. They are, I would argue they're much more important than me, you know, in terms of what we do in ministry, right? In terms of the upkeep of the parish and, and, and the, the church and whatnot, that I think that's essential, right? And so don't leave anybody out. Uh, I think that's a real key piece, you know, but yeah, you need to build these cross departmental, for lack of a better term, cross departmental relationships with each other and collaborate with each other. One of the things that we talked about you know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about this idea of apprentice based 
formation. And one of the things in, in that is we talk about how, you know, as, as an apprentice, one of the things that we need to do in ministry is start connecting, especially young people, to other ministries, right? Where they actually get to practice leadership in the church. So that doesn't need more volunteers for children's form, child formation or youth ministry. What it means is I, as a youth minister, or I, as the director of faith formation, have relationships with the liturgy people, have relationships with the maintenance staff, have relationships with the business manager and the finance team and the parish council, where then I can say, this young person has a gift in I'm making something else. They have a, 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 a gifted numbers. I'm going to go, even though they're 16 year old, I'm going to reach out to the, the head of the finance council and said, Hey, this young person is, is passionate about their faith. They're passionate about leadership and they're good with numbers. Can I send them to a finance council meeting so they can experience what you guys do at a finance council meeting? Because I think he has some gifts in that. Definitely. It's a small thing, right? It's a small thing, but that makes a big difference in terms of one, the apprentice-based thing that we talked about in a previous episode. But two, you can't do that. You can't effectively have that type of formation experience unless you have those cross-departmental relationships, you know, with volunteers and other staffs. And and that's the the type of silo that we need to break down. It starts with the prayer and, and, and vulnerability and being vulnerable with each other. Uh, and I would argue then that it takes in that intentional relationship building. Look, we all have dead time in our parish, right? Where you've got 10 minutes where you, you just like, I don't know what to do with myself. I know that sounds far-fetched, but we have it. We, we are not as efficient as we think we are. Okay, it's folks. The time you, it's the time you're listening to this podcast or on YouTube. That, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. So, you know, take those opportunities to say, hey, let me just go down the hall and, and connect with the uh, director of faith mission. Let me go down the call uh, and connect with the business manager, not in their face and disturb them from the, their work, but, you know, from their work, but, but build that relationship and connect with them exactly. and say hi. Like I have intentionally gone out and as a, as a pair of staff, member and and found the maintenance staff and see where they're at and, and connect with them and say hi and sometimes even see how I can help for any of you who know me know I'm worthless so I rarely can help the maintenance staff but you know I still I try but they appreciated it that's the thing they appreciated my presence and that I cared about them especially folks like maintenance who uh, and janitorial who sometimes feel like they're not really part of the team or that they feel like they're just slave labor to the staff, which I have met a lot of janitorial maintenance staff who feel that way. And that's unfortunate because they are absolutely key to all of our ministries. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I'm laughing here because it feels like John's got some history with the maintenance at, at churches, but no, like I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, there's small things you can do too. Like uh, we have uh, a couple of coffee places right by our church and, and, there's a nice culture of if I'm going out to get a cup of coffee I, or, you know, if I'm going to like Chick-fil-A or something, I ask people, Hey, is there anything I can grab you? And, um, and it's to the point of the culture where like when people ask that, it's not, Hey, can I get you anything? Give me a couple bucks. It's, can I get you anything? And I'll get that for you. And, and it really creates this uh, atmosphere of like, Hey, we're looking out for one another. You know, we, we really do care. And going back to like figuring out, and we've talked about wins before, but figuring out what a win is in someone else's ministry so that when you hear something great happen in their ministry, you can celebrate alongside them and just let them know like, hey, I think it's awesome that you have all these people show up to your event or it's incredible how so-and-so is doing in a leadership position in uh, that ministry. Uh, way to go, way to take it uh, down the field and, and make that happen. So I really do think... Um, 
it's important to celebrate with people as well. Uh, you know, to go back to the collaboration groups, uh, and a tip that I would give is to help uh, break out of the silos and to get to know one another. I think we've talked about prayer. We've talked about getting to know each other's story. But that's also where it's important, I think, when staffs do things like Strength Finders or Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or Disc Analysis or whatever it might be. And it doesn't, I really don't think it matters which one you start with, just start with one so that you can start having that conversation about each other's strengths and weaknesses. And then it creates a sort of uh, a culture where I might go to you, John, because I'm dealing with something in my own ministry and be like, I really stink at conflict or I really stink at communication, but I know John is great at those things. Let me talk to John and ask his insight and wisdom on how you would do those things. Um, or, you know, uh, from a creative aspect, I'm looking to, you know, publicize this event. Um, oh, I know Chris is really great at thinking outside the box and he gets a lot of people at his events. So let me ask him about what works for him. So, Again, doing one of those strength finders or uh, personality tests, I think, would be key in, again, creating that healthy culture. Because when you know yourself as a leader, you know one another, your strengths and weaknesses, it's a lot easier to work together. Yeah, that's a really good, actually, I didn't think about that, but I have all those books on my shelf and I've done so many of those. Uh, and there have been a couple of places, both at the diocese level and the parish level, where we've actually turned that experience into a staff retreat. Mm -hmm. where we were like we in, in this particular case we did the strength finders so strength finders 2.0 check it out uh yep. it's totally worth the purchase go do the assessment read the books find out your strengths it's really accurate and really good um but we turned it into a retreat and what we did chris is is we had we gave everybody a copy of the book and we said do the assessment uh, before the retreat and print out your results and then as part of the retreat we then share we we built that into the retreat we shared our results and then we had the conversation to exactly to your point it's like what does this mean in terms of how we work together collaboratively as a staff right so we know john has the strength in maximizer and adaptability uh you know which you can look at what those definitions are but that's straight from strength finders but but what does that mean for us and how does how does sister uh kathleen who was uh my 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 DRE at the time, my parish, how do we work together because of those relationships or because of those skills and those strengths? It was really powerful. We actually turned it into as part of our retreat together as a staff. And I highly recommend it. I, I've done the Myers-Briggs in the same way where we had a part, we had a parish staff retreat and Myers-Briggs was a part of it. And we had someone came out and talk about it and kind of did a professional development piece on this. It was powerful. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and also, just to kind of give you a little bit of a plug too, Parish Success Group, I'm sure, is willing to uh, help with all of this, um, or at least some of it, depending on how dysfunctional you guys are. No, I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of like what you guys do is you come in and you help uh, parishes um, create systems, structures, and culture that is going to help them grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we do that on site, right? You know, one of the things that we often say is there's no cookie cutter approach. As much as we go to conferences and we want to provide a cookie cutter approach about how how to move about doing X, Y, Z, there is no silver bullet, right? And so the only way that we know that we can really give good guidance and coaching is to be on the ground and, and witness what's happening, right? And to attend the staff meeting, attend the, the parish council meeting, to attend, uh, attend liturgy on Sundays and see what's going on. And it's from there that we can really have these conversations. Now, 
oftentimes culture does come to the surface at some point in our coaching relationships with folks. And yeah, this is exactly what we try to do. Uh, and it's quite honestly, it's a lot of fun. And, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be in this type of ministry. I, it's really enjoyable. And I think it's going back to strength finders. I think it's making good use of my strengths that God has given me. So, so it is exciting ministry. So thanks for the plug. Check it out at parasuccessgroup.com if you want to find out more uh, and, and reach out to me. I'd be happy to have more conversation with you about it. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Check out parishsuccessgroup.com and, and not just because John's a part of it, but a great team. Rich Kern is incredible. And, uh, you know, uh, definitely as someone who's gone through uh, culture and staff transformation several times, having people walk you through it um, and walk with you, especially someone on the outside, you know, helping you like get out of the weeds and, and everything is, is so key. And I mean, it just makes your job so much better when you have a healthy culture, when you know that people are for you and not against you, that people are walking with you and um, helping you do the best and pulling the best out of you. Um, that's what leads to longevity in ministry. Um, that's what leads to momentum. That's what leads to big change. You know, uh, people get stuck on the content and curriculum uh, and resources, but if you have a team working together, uh, things are just going to be better. And Patrick Lencioni, who I mentioned before, uh, you know, he has a book, The Advantage, and the, um, the, uh, the subtitle is key, you know, where he talks about how um, healthy, uh, health uh, trumps um, intelligence. And I know I'm paraphrasing it, but, uh, and John's like trying to pull it off the shelf so I don't completely butcher it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why organizational health trumps everything else in business. There you go. There you go. And it's the same thing in, in ministry, right? Organizational health, staff culture health trumps everything else. If you continue to work in silos, it's just not going to work. So, John, I know we could probably talk about this for hours. Um, it's part of what we do with Marathon and with Parish Success Group and our um, own personal lives. But, um, yeah, if people have questions, uh, you know, uh, definitely reach out to us at questions at thechurchpodcast.org. But, John, do you have any final thoughts? No, I, I guess my final thought really is really think and pray on this. And, and in your particular role, you may not be the pastor, you may not be the ultimate leader, um, and you may be a volunteer at a parish as well, but uh, maybe a volunteer of influence. What can you do, based on the conversation we had today, what are some small things that you can do to really build a healthy environment, a healthy culture within your church community, and just start moving? Don't wait. Don't wait for permission to do any of this, because some of it is so simple and so small um, you know, that, that we all can do it. Any one of us can do it. Cool. So, uh, again, if you want to reach out to us, uh, email us at questions at thechurchpodcast.org. I can reach out to John at John Ronaldo uh, through social media or johnronaldo.com. You can reach me at marathonyouthministry.com um, or social media, Marathon Youth Ministry. Uh, and again, Parish Success Group, got to check it out. Go to parishsuccessgroup.com. And for our podcast, leave a review on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, any feedback, things that you want to talk about, uh, help us get the word out there because uh, we, again, want to make church better, uh, not just for you, but for, for the world. And, uh, and so we thank you so much for your partnership, your listening, and being a part of this experience. Let me uh, close this out in prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, uh, we thank you so much for the men and women that we work alongside in the trenches of church ministry. 
even though they might frustrate us at times or uh, sometimes we might think that they're against us, uh, Lord, we know that uh, you have brought us together to do amazing things, to do great things. So I pray that we can grow together as a staff, that we can grow together at, in our teams. And Lord, that we can remember that you've called us all to be the church, uh, not just in our personal lives, but in our professional lives as well. We love you in your name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit.